0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this episode of the Behind the Mask podcast, yes, we have DK Metcalf, star wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks, and he's clearly going to tell us his expectations going into his second year. Also, every great player has a defining moment. He shares what his defining moment was from his first year, Last but not least, I told him pressure busts pipes. He responded by saying, I do not believe in pressure. Why? Because pressure is unnecessary stress. And I don't like to be stressed out. Man, make sure you stay tuned for an awesome episode.
1: Let's go behind the mask.
0: Welcome back to another edition of the Behind the Mask podcast. Yes, I am your host, Takiyo Spikes. Joined alongside by my co-host, better known as the
2: Your favorite plus-size model, two Ray, is in the building. Two, what's happening, my brother? And all is well. Another day in paradise. Listen,
0: now we got this little family tie coming on with our next guest. You actually played college football, literally played beside him yeah. in college. Yeah. Both of you guys left and we took your talents to the NFL. But we have D.K. Metcalf. Wide receiver from the Seattle Seahawks. DK, what's happening, bro?
1: Yeah, what's up? What's good, nephew? Man, man not, not much, man. Appreciate you for having me on.
0: Oh, man, it, it, it's, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you on because uh, what makes this interview so good, man, is that, you know, we got the family tie. You know, you got Ump 2 He played with your father at Ole Miss. I played against 2 and your father at Ole Miss, so that's the cool thing that, about it, what I really like. But let's jump right into it. Uh, we know everybody's travel schedule has been somewhat kind of prohibited due to COVID-19. But really want to know, like, what have you done throughout this time in your offseason since COVID-19 has hit to kind of stay in shape and get ready for the season?
1: Um, I was really training in Phoenix uh, when everything hit. I was going to stay there for, like, a couple uh, couple more weeks, but, you know, COVID hit, so I, I was forced to stay there longer than I hoped. Uh, so I was out there just training, uh, you know, just trying to stay in shape. And, um, you know, I got tired of that, so I came back up to Seattle, started training with Bobby now, and, uh, you know, starting to get ready for the season, uh, training with Russ here and there. Uh, but that's pretty much it, man. My travel been, you know, either Phoenix or Seattle. I, I really haven't been traveling much.
2: Hey, I all getting it in with the COVID-19 social distancing and all. I know you staying healthy. Um, D Smith, NFLPA president, he had a little something to say about you training with Russell Wilson, man. What was that about?
1: Uh, man, they said uh, I mean everybody been training together. We just yeah. they've been posting it too, but I guess you know we look too good on camera. Uh they said <laughs> you know, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to pipe y'all down a little bit, uh, you know, just just uh start abiding by the social distancing rules. And, uh, you know, you can't be training as a team right now.
0: Yeah, and that's a big adjustment when you look at it, bro. Like, because, like, at the end of the day, you are going to be judged during game time. When the lights come on, everybody is looking, you're going to be judged, regardless of whatever the circumstances were before you got there. So, you know, with knowing that, what has been the biggest adjustment for you, not just during this COVID-19 period, but you got a year up under your belt already. What has been the biggest adjustment for you since coming into the NFL?
1: Uh, first, establishing them people I trust on the team. Uh, you know, them outside eyes and, you know, trying to get extra feedback from from basically people that have uh, been in the fire, uh, had one year under their belt, and what did they do differently year two? So I've been talking to Russ, uh, Bobby a little bit, uh, had a chance to pick T.O.'s brain. Um, So, you know, just taking all their information because, you know, they're watching the game uh, at home. They may see something I don't see when I'm watching film. So, you know, just trying to take my game basically to the next level, man, just build on what I did last year. And, you know, that's working out with Russ and, you know, competing with Bobby doing workouts. I mean, it's all the the small things I'm doing right now. And uh, basically that's it, man, just building on uh, everything I did last year. Hey, but
0: you, uh, I, I, you say Bobby. Who, who are you referencing when you say you're working out with Bobby? Bobby who?
1: <laughs> Be wag Bobby Wag. See, that's what <laughs> I'm talking about. Right?
0: <laughs> a receiver usually do not work out with the linebacker. That yeah. right. So y'all going back and forth at it in the weight room, right?
1: Correct. Yes, sir.
0: So check this out. I was, I don't lie. Like, I take pride in my health, DK. I do. I really do. But when I, when I saw this thing came up, I was reading. I'm like, let me just catch up on my, my boy, man. 1.8% body fat.
1: Is that even possible? All right, so here's the story behind it. Give them. me the <laughs> damn story, dog. <laughs> I really ain't laid out the story yet. Okay, so we're at the combine. And you know the combine, you know, you got to wake up early mornings. And, you know, you got to make sure you weigh in. And, uh, and they woke me up at like 4 o'clock that morning, 4 or 5 o'clock. I had to go get an MRI on my neck or a CT scan on my neck. So I'm already up before everybody else. I'm in the CT scan for like an hour and a half, two hours. And then this was the day of, uh, of weigh-in. So I went straight from the CT scan to weigh-in. Now, mind you, I still ain't ate the whole morning. I barely ate the night before. And so I'm going into the bod pod. I weighed 228. And I ain't got nothing in my stomach. So I'm basically just skin and bones and a little <laughs> bit of muscle. And I'm in the bipod and the lady said, 1.8. She was like, hold on. Hold on, get back in there. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> so Run that back, I'm Turbo. <laughs> I'm in there. Just, just a little draws on that. She said, well, I guess you are 1.8% body fat. Yeah. And so I was like, Okay, I ain't thinking none of it. So I went on, you know, got the way in, got my height. And then I went to go grab me a bite to eat. And I'm sitting there, sitting down, eating with my agents. And I was like, yeah, bro, they said I was 1.8 body fat. I was like, 1.8 body fat? Like, that can't be possible. So, and then they they sent a few texts, and, you know, next thing you know, it was on Twitter. (laughs) Bro, I
0: I saw that, bro. I was like, man, if I'm 1.8% body fat, I ain't never putting a shirt on. Period. <laughs> like, period. I'm hitting up sports illustrated, everybody. Who won it? <laughs> no,
1: I can't I can't be showing off my body like that. Man. <laughs> I gotta keep it sacred. All right, go ahead. I heard <laughs> that. I heard that,
2: man. But even with that, with the one point eight, with the phenomenal 40, obviously um, did your thing at Ole Miss, there's still were a lot of skeptics going into the draft after you got drafted in the second round. Um did you feel that you should have been drafted early? Well, I know the answer to that. But did you feel your season would have been as solid and as good as it was?
1: Uh, I say yes and no because I say yes because I know the type of person I am. I'm going to compete, you know, every time I'm on the field. But no, because I wouldn't. I wouldn't have had so much, I wouldn't say animosity built up, but like, I had to show them, show these people who I really am. And that was, you know, after practice, I'm catching 100 footballs. That was during practice, I'm taking extra reps. That was during film study, I'm taking extra notes. So it was like all of that was built up throughout the whole year just to show all all the other uh, 31 teams, you know, this who I am. Um, Looking back on it, probably shouldn't have done that. Probably shouldn't have had so much animosity built up, um, but you know, it's just it's just the way I, I went about uh, last year. And um, you know, next year I know I know how how everything is run. I know how uh, the year's gonna go. So I mean, it's gonna be you know, I wouldn't say animosity, but it's gonna be you know, a little more uh, to to next year.
0: So that that little more <laughs> to next year <laughs> that that sounds like you got a lot of confidence. Yeah, yeah from the previous year. And Obviously. and usually, that usually happens, uh, maybe within a game or maybe you go through a stretch and the numbers really don't show. But if you're a football person who understands football, you see this young man is getting better. What was that moment for you that you know that's gonna bring you into this season that you knew like, not only do I belong here, but I got a place and I'm gonna let you know where I stand.
1: Uh. I would say the Buccaneers game. It was the first time uh, I hit 100 yards in the, in the league, and I was really just like like you said, I was getting my confidence. And I, the whole year, I was just playing the X receiver. You know, the great the greats right now, the Julios, the Michael Thomases they they've been moved all over the field. I did all of that just just in one position on basically one one side of the field. So me just you know them moving me around in my offense in the offense and uh, me just showing them that you know I'm smart enough to take on you know uh, different positions, different motions, different formations. It's that's why I'm I'm like so confident right now because when they start moving me around, defense is not gonna know what to do. And what's one of the things
2: that people don't know about DK Metcalf?
1: <sighs> I'm in the music. Yeah, yeah, you know.
2: What I'm what music? Like yeah,
1: what what you, part
0: you like to write, you produce, or what?
1: Yeah. Oh, I like to write music. Um, I mean, we got a song coming out tomorrow. Me and my homeboy. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, it's gonna be dope. Yeah.
2: Are man. you singing or you rhyming? No, nah, I'm,
1: I'm I'm rapping.
2: All right. You gonna spit some balls or you gonna just wait till it drop and then we just Nah, y'all gotta wait. <laughs> 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 I I used to rap back in my day,
1: you know being yeah from, I mean you know everybody, everybody you know everybody, everybody rap a time or two shitting on you dog <laughs> I, everybody I, try spice you no, tried no, too I, I
2: though
1: even, I was not even saying it. like you know everybody try you know everybody <laughs> everybody, everybody got that itch to rap <laughs> I did true story though I so
2: I, I used to think I could rap amongst my peers amongst my, my, my friends in the hood but y'all remember the Lost Boys right yeah so I was hanging out with, uh, with Freaky Ta of the Lost Boys. And he just started, he started spitting, right? We were drinking, hanging out, whatever. And when he was like, me, Freaky Ta, me and my crew, pass the mic to my two. And I got there and I was like, Cricket, Cricket, Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, like, nah, he's a rapper that, you know, they had Renee out, they had the whole Lost Boys fam thing going. That's when I realized, like, this ain't for me, man. I gave it up after that. But, but, for you, bro. All oh, oh, the blessings for you, man. Yeah, you. I, I was gunshot. I was gunshot for real, man.
0: Bro, oh, I, I I actually thought you was gonna talk about the one of the things. Just doing the research was I didn't know you were in fact as infatuated with the strawberry milk as you are.
1: Yeah, that's a party. So
0: that, that so what's what's the uh, the backstory on it? Like you get shipments per week, or like that's how much you love it?
1: Yeah, I got a shipment yesterday. Um, uh, two, they send me two packs of 12, uh, once a week. But, That's um, right. I was in college, uh, freshman in college. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, everybody go through a little breakup. every night. Yeah. I was having a little hard time sleeping. So went to a little double quick down the street. I was like, hey, strawberry milk. I ain't never had them before. So I'm gonna try it. So I got it. Drunk it. Put me right to sleep. So now, in my head, every time I get sleepy or every time I'm, I'm up late, like 2, 1 o'clock in the morning, I'm headed to the Double Quick to get a strawberry milk. This started to happen almost every night. So, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, all right, only way I can go to sleep is if I drink strawberry milk. I start posting it. Then I moved into a house my sophomore year, and it's, uh, you know, how people, you know, decorate their kitchen. And, you know, there's wine bottles all at the top. Yep. Mine is filled with strawberry milk all at the time <laughs> going around. Like I, I record a video. I'm tagging Netflix. Um, you know, they hit me up in my uh DMs like a few months later saying, man, we, we thank you for being such a big fan. Um I was like, Yeah, appreciate it, man. Let me know if y'all can send me some free strawberry milk. So I ain't gotta keep keep going to dough quick to get some strawberry <laughs> <and> milk. <laughs> they looked into it, I was like, No, we can't do it, man. You're a college athlete. But uh, you know, in the meantime, uh, we'll we'll keep in touch with you. So, you know, I leave college, and you know, my marketing team—they hit them up, and we got a got a big Nesquik deal going. I got a Nesquik refrigerator in my in my hallway right now. Like I said, I got a a shipment yesterday, so I just drunk one last night. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just I I like it. I like it a lot, and you know, it's just just it's become a part of me.
0: So, but so 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 basically, what you're saying, you got the deal. So every night before you go to bed, you gotta you indulge into a strawberry milk from Nesquik.
1: Got a, got a good thing. Got I like a the strategy guy. though. Got a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it, is.
2: Yeah, it is. Let me ask you this: How surreal was it? Your dad, Terrence, went to Ole Miss, uh, went on to the NFL. You followed his footsteps. You went to Ole Miss. Now you're doing your thing in the NFL. How surreal was that?
1: Uh, to be honest, it ain't hit me yet. I still feel feel like I'm I'm not even in the NFL. As um, crazy as that sounds, like I like when I got drafted. You know, it was a relief, but it still feels like I'm just a kid having fun right now, man. And I ain't trying to let that change, you know, for nothing. Uh, it was a blessing that my dad got to play in the league. Um, a blessing that he's getting to see his son uh, playing the league, but um, the feeling is is like numb right now. Like I can't, I can't tell you how I feel because you know I have no feeling about being in the NFL. I just, I just feel like a kid. What was what was one of the the best moments for you when you were at Ole Miss? I would say like the atmosphere. 'Cause uh, you know, I grew up in Oxford, so I'm ten minutes down the street from uh, you know, where I grew up. But like when I got there, the feeling had changed. Like I'm still at home. I never, you know, was at my mom and them house, but you know, I because I felt so at home at OMS. And then uh having AJ there, you know, we working out, we 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 knew we had to accomplish while we were there. Um the the football games, you know. Even though, you know, we didn't win as many games, the atmosphere was still great there. Uh, you know, the coaches, like, every the whole college experience, um, you know, it was just a good feeling, man, just being at Ole Miss. i tell
2: you a quick story about your dad. He was my roommate in college. And um, when I was – my senior year it was his junior year. Mm-hmm. And he told me we were sitting in the living room, and uh, I was kind of nervous about making it to the next level. And, and Metcalf was like, too, man. What you worried about? You're going to make it to the league. You, you're going. I was like, nah, I don't know. I just don't know. You know, Big Todd was there. He was a lot. And I still was skeptical. Like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. So he's the first person to actually convince me that, yeah, I had the talent to make it to the NFL. What was that moment for you when you were in college or even in the league? You like, I belong here. Uh,
1: After I ran the 40. And everybody was so shocked at, you know, what I did at the combine. I was like, so all I got to do is be me, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm gonna, y'all gonna see something.
0: That was it. You, you have, you, I know you had to have some of that. Er, uh, you talked about that aggression.
1: I mean, yeah, but that's that's built up. It's like a ramp. This is the start of it, the combine. Okay, Reggie so Wayne, Reggie Wayne gave me my condolences. Mike Irvin, Drake followed me. He hit me up, like, bro, I can't wait mm-hmm. to see the next chapter of your life. Like, every, it nice. seemed like everybody had at their attention focused on me for like that, for like 10, 30 seconds of that day. And everybody knew who I was. Everybody was, everybody knew who DK Metcalf was that day.
0: Bro, that's, that, that's so cool because uh, despite it all, uh, you have a very humble presence about you. And um, I salute you on that because a lot of t- most times people, as they continue to, to, to go up the ladder of stardom, they sometimes forget, you know, the humbleness that comes behind it that actually got you to the part of the ladder to where you are. Right. Uh, I, I, I want to contribute a lot of that to your parents. And um, what was some of the best advice that your mom and pops that they gave you to be able to, to instill that quiet confidence, that roar inside of you?
1: Uh, what was really the situations that I've been through? Um... And you know they've been you know with me every step of the way. Uh, I broke my foot my freshman year, broke my neck my last year of college, and you know they were there with me and only thing I could think of my pop saying, you know, just continue to work hard that's that's what that's the foundation of my life is just working hard, and my mama just son, just just be yourself and be different because I got it. All right, so <laughs> when I was younger, um. I got in trouble at school for trying to follow these other kids. So my so so my pops is like, um, uh, hey, what you following them kids for, man, you be you. You different. Don't don't be like nobody else. So that's like on replay in the back of my mind. Anytime I do something like I'm I'm not trying to follow the next man. I'm trying to set my own trend. I'm trying to do me and, you know, have other people follow me instead of the other way around. So those those really the two things that stick out of my mind that my parents always taught me be different and work hard.
0: I know the my rookie year, it was imperative that when you walked inside of that locker room, those vets, they bring you close. It wasn't so much for leadership at the time, but it was mm-hmm. more so like, look, man, this is what we expect out of you before you even make a play. I need the goddamn donuts. I need them every Friday. I need breakfast every morning, depending on what position. So what I want to know is what was that moment for you that you went through and you was like, damn, even after you had that good game, that was at the beginning, midway through the season with Tampa, that you knew, like, you know what? I still have the rookie card on me, regardless So however I perform, I'm still a rookie. What was that moment for you?
1: Uh th- 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 I I didn't I didn't have one. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We it was it was. Oh, our rookie class in in the receiver room was like split, like it was it was four and four, four vets, four rookies. So we split we split rookie dinner. Um. Yeah. Uh. I was I was I was a second round uh, rookie. We had a, a fifth. Fourth round receiver and a seventh round receiver. So I went and got Chick-fil-A. I ordered Chick-fil-A on the app and they brought it to the facility. So I didn't have to leave the facility after the walkthroughs to rush back for the uh for the bus. Um I ordered Popeyes on the app twice. So I probably got something like four times. Yeah, I had it. I had it pretty easy compared to the D line, the D line. Y'all, the defense, period. Y'all are It was really. Oh, my gosh. I, can, I couldn't – I would have been fighting. They, what were they doing on the
2: defense?
1: D-line had to get Cheesecake Factory every away trip. Rookie gift was – all right, so my rookie gift was, was what they they got me on. Um, the D-line had to get iPhone 11 pluses for everybody on the D-line. DB's they rookie dinner was 20K, I think. My rookie gift, I had to get everybody go karts Is it
0: I tell you what? I need to speak to Tiger Rocket.
1: <laughs> no, don't don't talk. Hey, that's 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 big bro right there. He he really took care of me this whole whole rookie year. Like he 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 watched out, he looked out for me. And then like I didn't come in. I don't know, Oh, y'all ain't gonna make me do this. Y'all ain't gonna make me do that. I just came in and I ain't say nothing to nobody, just so they knew what I was going to. like, don't try. Me. <laughs> <laughs> my daddy said, yo, he was oh, like, man. Look, it, it's gonna be some vets in there. They're gonna try to set you up for the wrong answers and stuff like that. So don't get in, don't get him no leeway. I was like, man, I got you, got you. So I got in there. I didn't say nothing to nobody. I went about my business. I was in meetings early. I left meetings late. And that was it. I just I handled my business for like the first two, three weeks. And then David Moore, Tyler Lockett, Geron Brown, they just started talking. We just started talking stuff to each other, like going back and forth. And like I ended up hanging around the vets more than more than the rookies. And you no, know, I talked to Dwayne Brown my, like, second, third day in there because it was me and him, the only ones in the locker room at the time. And our OC would talk about him. Like, man, follow Dwayne Brown's footsteps. He's been in the league 12 years. So I went up to him. I was like, hey, bro, what you do, like, to be here so long? Like, what what's different about you? He was like, just take care of your body, man. That's it. I was like, all right, Dwayne Brown, take care of your body. Russ sat me down one day. He was like, man. If you want to be one of the greatest, you can't take everybody with you. So all the vets let, just started, like, feeding information to me. And I just started listening. So Russ was like, can't take everybody with you, man. So, you know, everybody can't go on the road to greatness. Figure out who, who really your boys, figure out who going to work hard on the team and stick around them. And then Bobby. So I, my first second practice at OTA, they threw a deep ball to me. Shaq knocked it down, and one of the linebackers was, was talking stuff like he did. So and so I ain't hear what he said specifically, but I knew he was talking to me. So right. I, I jog, I walked back. I'm like, hey, bro, don't talk to me like that. I'm a grown man. Nothing <laughs> <that> to me. <laughs> and then he's trying to fight me. So I grabbed him and I pushed his face. And then everybody started to break it up. And so after that practice, Bobby came up to me. He was like, Hey, the greats, they draw they back every time. That's all he said to me. So I'm like, all right. So everybody know not to try me. And they already feed me information. So I mean I just had I just had it good. Yeah, you were lucky, man. Yeah. Because we yeah, all compared to everybody else, yeah, I I know. I'm I
2: was, I was blessed. Yeah, man. Spice Spice has some stories. I know I, I had to tell the story. So so what you gonna do this year when the rookies coming behind you? You still you gonna be cool with them or you gonna run them
1: through the ringer? Oh no! They said I'm a rookie until the third, third game. game right. Yeah. Um, but no, I ain't. I'm a I'm a show love. I got to I got to show on the show on the ropes the good way, not the bad way.
0: See, but I, I think that's a testament to just the culture that yeah. you know, Pete, Coach Pete Carroll that he implemented uh, when I was playing in the NFC West with the 49ers playing against you guys. I noticed one thing. This is right before. They became the Legion of Doom, but uh, the thing that I noticed that they were close and it was just the conversations that they had amongst each other, not what you just see on NFL films. I'm talking about why they were actually on the football field, that culture was established. So, so when I hear you say that, it's not by accident that the reason why you guys are tight the way that you are, even going back to the conversation that Bobby Wagner had to, he was like, hey, after you had that deep route down the field, he walked up to you. The great ones, they run back. And so that's the little things that really put together the big puzzle, man. So it ain't by accident. So, no, nah, I, I appreciate that story, bro. Really do yeah.
2: Let me ask you this, man. You, you, I'm biased, so I believe when it's all said and done, you're going to go down as one of the all-time greats, man. It's just, you know, watching from a little, little young man, little snot-nosed kid running around your pop's crib, you know, on the doing your thing in the league. But uh, I really believe that. But let me ask you this if you had to pick four wide receivers, if there was a Mount Rushmore, four wide receivers that you looked up to or you felt were four of the best of all times, so who would those four be? Can
1: I do five? You can do five. Absolutely. All right. So Randy Moss, number one. T.O., number two. Calvin number three. When it's all said and done, Julio number four. And Odell Five. Odell like my big brother. So I gotta I gotta add him. But Julio, Calvin Johnson. When it's all said and done, they're gonna be right up there. Even though Calvin, you know, he he already retired, he finished his year, but people don't understand like how really how great he was. And Julio is it's just getting started, man. I just it's crazy just watching them like in person, watching Odell and Julio in person because they can take over a game anytime they want to. All they quarterback got to do is just throwing the ball, throw the ball their way, in. you know it could, it could be over just like that. So that was really the cool part of being like a rookie and hearing about or seeing the highlights uh, after the, after we play on Saturdays or the Sunday games and. Just watching it Sunday on the sideline, like how Julio worked and how Odell worked uh during the game. It was that was one of the crazy parts of my review. Did
2: so you, pr- go go ahead too. No, I was,
1: did you ever feel like, you
2: know what, I'm on a field with Julio Jones, or I'm gonna field with OBJ. I, I wanna autograph.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, no, I knew because uh, <laughs> I had talked to him previously, the uh I knew out they were gonna, you know talked to me uh, after the game. No, nah, it was time to win when we stepped on the field. But uh, after the game, for sure, I had to I had to go say what's up to him, you know, and get their jersey. We gotta got to hang it up real quick.
0: <laughs> Already, but all the guys that you mentioned, every one of them have, they have different skill sets. So out of the guys that you mentioned, what's the one thing that you really like? about every guy, that skill set that you say, you know what, I can appreciate that because that's him. And maybe you can implement it in your game, maybe you can't, but name that one thing about every guy that you really appreciate about their game.
1: Uh, Randy Moss. He was a true deep threat early. He could run by anybody and press or 10 yards off and you could just throw the ball up to him. T.O., he could take a little shallow cross, break, 10 tackles, take it to the crib. Same with Calvin, but Calvin was a different, like, monster. He was a big, aggressive monster on the field, like trucking people, stiff-arming people, you know, carrying three people on his back. Julio can snap down like he five ten, five nine, get in and out of uh, breaks. And Odell, his route running is is just smooth and swift. And when he's stick, he exploding out. Like, is just different and, and real smooth how you run routes.
0: I remember I played against a lot of, well, a few of those guys, Randy Moss. You talk about T.O., Kevin Johnson. But when you look at the reason why they're known, of course they've done a lot of things on a consistent basis. When you look at the pedigree, if they work over a consistent period of time, Uh, They also had those big moments and big games. And so now I go back and I think about you looking at your first playoff game when you played against the Eagles. Uh, You had 160 yards receiving. You went off that game. And that was for people who don't watch the teams who play on the West Coast, if you're on the East Coast, that was your way of saying, I'm here and this is where I'm supposed to be. Describe to us like that atmosphere of what you had in that game while you were playing?
1: Uh, the playoff atmosphere? Yeah. What I kept saying after the playoffs is over is nobody makes mistakes like they do in the regular season. Everybody take care of the football. Everybody, they want to run the ball. They want to have uh, time management, like, right? And nobody nobody made mistakes in the playoffs that's the one thing that stuck out to me. Like, yeah, the Eagles turned the ball over a little bit, but they turned the ball over five times when we first played them. We, when we played them in the playoffs, they may have had one one turnover, two turnovers. So everybody was, like, on their P's and Q's when we played them. And you had to be about your business. You had to know what you was doing. You had to know your assignment. And I, I really felt some type of way because their fans was so disrespectful when we were pulling up. And I was warming up. And they fans were just talking stuff to me. I'm like, all right, y'all, I got y'all. You know, I I just ever since they fans I looked in the stand they fans was talking stuff, I'm like a flip, a switch flipped in my head. Like, I just it's go time now. Man, that's that's
2: dope, man. You talk about fans. We had we had Dwayne Brown on. You spoke about him earlier, um, your teammate. He said the twelves, that the atmosphere Essentially, Link is incredible like nothing else. Have you ever seen fans outside of the 12s like that anywhere in your brief time in the NFL? Uh,
1: no, no, negative. Not even close. Steelers got, got loud. Uh, we played them, like, once. But everybody, like, all my homeboys, like, Debo, when they played there. Uh, Larry, uh, he, he played there a couple times. Uh, Mike Evans, when he played there, um, that was, like, bro. in them fans loud i was like yeah i know that stadium, the stadium get loud on them uh but like i'm i'm sitting down it's third down and they cheering and demo right beside me and we can't even have a conversation we gotta wait till the ball snap because that's when they all get quiet but um yeah they 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 ridiculous with it they they real loud
0: all right so technically you're still a rookie you got three games but you really not. So give us a little uh, insight on what should we expect from all of the time that you put in throughout this offseason that you've been doing.
1: Um,
0: give us some insight on what should we expect from DK Metcalf in his second
1: year. Um, A lot of touchdowns. <clears throat> a lot of yards. And that's it. And we're going we gonna to make a playoff run this year. Do you feel
2: added pressure to to help the team make a playoff run? I mean, you were a rookie, but clearly you wanted to go to guys on that offense. Is that pressure on you now?
1: I don't believe in pressure. Um, pressures, I need to stress, and I live stress free. I just go out there and just be me. I kind of ran right there. Hey,
2: so talk to me. <laughs> oh, that That's
0: that's dope, bro. That's dope. So. At the end, you know, we all we all are judged by our body of work. You know how some guys may have a great season here, a great season there, inconsistency. But at the end of your playing career, how do you want to be judged? Or how do you want to be looked at? Knowing all of the hard work that you do in private will be displayed in public on Sundays.
1: Um, I wrote. Um, I got like a a whiteboard in my room that I wake up to every morning. Um, and then. In the top right corner, um, I got, I'm going to be bigger than MJ. And I want to be known as one of the, the best athletes. Like when they be like, who's the greatest athlete of, the, of this millennium or of the 2000s? DK's name got to be up there. Somebody going to say DK name. And that's what I, that's what I want. Um, first Ballot Hall of Famer. I want to be remembered as one of the greats, man. And so I got a long road ahead of me. Got a lot of work to do, but I mean, I'm trying to trying to reach for it, man. I'm trying to go. You
2: definitely on the path. Raised right. Big shout out to pops, to your moms, the whole family, whole Metcalf family. Everybody back there in Oxford, Vegas, man. Definitely appreciate you, Raised Right, man. It's a pleasure to watch you grow into the man and the
1: player you become today, bro. Man, appreciate it. Huh?
0: Much respect, much respect, my brother. Hey, we're going to be watching out for you. So when sure. we need that live pop in, we don't do a pull-up on you. And it may be after another game that you may have that 200-yard yeah. performance. Yeah. Like one of the guys who you say is awesome, like Julio. So you just make sure you pick up for us and give us a little insight. Yes, sir.
1: All right, bro. All
2: right. All right, Appreciate it. Right on. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Behind the Mask podcast as much as I did, as Takiyo and I had an opportunity to sit down with Seattle Seahawks, star wide receiver, my nephew, DK Metcalf. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast content. Also, follow us on all social media platforms at the BTM Podcast. Engage with us. We're ready for you. Behind the Mask podcast. There's only one rule. There are no rules. Ah.